0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another Hometown Daily News Show. Today is January 4th, 2023. And uh, the show's going to be titled My Haptics Are Getting Electrically Stimulated and More News. Woo woo. Titles kind of titillating, isn't it? Let's get into today's news and I'll reintroduce everything. Hello, I am Marewatt and that is OhmTown, oh, I have to lower there. up there, uh, wait, uh, up there is OhmTown.com and out in the ether and from on high, the ever-present and booming voice of the AI that runs OhmTown.
1: Happy Wednesday,
0: hometown citizens. You know, I like it when you say hometown citizens, but I'm waiting for that moment where it shifts to a little bit deeper voice and you become the CEO of Theranos. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, When you start sending out Terminator drones, I let's just get into today's news. Omtown was a little glitchy today, and that's because I was working on the AI that runs Omtown and uh, doing some uh, tweaks to try and speed up some of the processes. Um, if you run across a pothole somewhere in Omtown.com, please let me know. Don't forget, you can sign up. Go over there, blue button, sign up. You can also follow me here on Twitch, and the AI that runs Omtown will also appreciate Uh, that needle moving a little bit right there, that new follower goal. Um, we're not really running around screaming the praises of, uh, hometown here on Twitch, but if you would, that would be lovely. Um, that said, we're going to get into today's news, right? Let's go. I thought this one, I actually saw this, um, in a different way a couple of days ago and then it ended up um, in hometown as well a lawyer who missed deadline after spending 25 minutes trying to file an electronic filing uh, document gets no mercy from 10th circuit Um, if you're not familiar with the way that things have been running in law lately um, everything is switching to electronic filing nobody is breaking out their pigeon and strapping on a little. wheel, a uh, little cartridge and sending it off to the court. Everything is electronic nowadays. So not quite sure why a lawyer, um, ran into a problem, but let's click this link after reading this little snippet, a lawyer has failed to persuade a federal appeals court that his missed deadline should be excused because of his difficulty, difficulty filing a complaint. Deborah Casson's wife, who every time I read their articles, always makes me chuckle, um, gets into this. So this is actually, it says December 21st. So something must have been modified in the, in the um, publication because um, my aggregator and the way that things work, uh, we only get the last 24 hours of content um, so something must have shifted. I I don't know how to discuss this any other way, but this is um, where I, I think I first saw this was way back. Um, but it's still a neat article to discuss. So it says here that the 10th Circuit Court of, um, of Appeals at Denver said the lawyer, Stephen Call, quote, barely missed the deadline, end quote, when he filed a complaint for her. A bank that wanted to object to the discharge of a borrower's debts. He entered the case management uh, electronic case file system known as CMECF at eleven forty and was able to file the complaint at twelve sixteen a.m., missing the midnight deadline. Okay,
1: cutting it a little close.
0: Well, and but missing it. Okay, so <laughs> I don't want to say too much. But coming from experience, you don't wait until the last minute to submit something that has an electronic deadline of midnight. You just don't do it. And this is about, uh, well, this is about funds. So this is the kind of thing that ends up in a court, uh, I'm sorry, in an ethics hearing, because there's a mismanagement of clients' funds. Now, I'm not an attorney, and even if I was an attorney, I'm not your attorney. So nothing that I am saying actually holds any weight other than my opinion and me experiencing the legal system. Um, I can tell you, though, that if this person had a paralegal, it would have been done on time. <laughs> because either the paralegal or somebody else in the chain of custody of this document would have been poking them saying, hey, you know what? You have billable hours you can still make here. Get your butt moving and get this document filed. And somebody's livelihood could be at stake or something could be at stake. We don't even know what the knock-on effect of this is, right?
1: Yeah, I feel like we're missing some facts here.
0: So apparently Call, Stephen Call, spent 25 minutes in the ECF system before his successful filing when the accounting for Uh, When accounting for a break that he took to email his opposing counsel, the the appeals court said, all of this is happening at midnight. What is going on?
1: Well, that that doesn't make any sense. I mean, why is the filing deadline midnight instead of whatever time the court closes? Um, And why didn't he request an extension?
0: just something else right it has no factual basis for any relief right and that's how i feel about it because i feel like it's the it's like a student you know coming to the professor later and saying hey i know that the deadline was yesterday at midnight um, but i you know i've spent the last however many weeks uh, working on this project but really I only spent the last hour right before midnight and my computer ate my homework kind of a thing here. There's no there's no reason to log in 20 minutes before the deadline and then fumble it. I mean, they kind of wet the bed here.
1: Well, look down in the article to see the thing about the commas and everything.
0: Quote. I thought there was plenty of evidence that we had signed on and were trying and struggling to get it done. One entry seemed to indicate that there that it was entered uh, timely. You would think courts of equity would see that I signed on 25 minutes before midnight and that the evidence and exhibits were all there and that I would have easily filed if I had not run into that field problem, which is apparently something about an integer box and his fruitless attempts to pay a filing fee in advance of the filing. I mean, it's a hot mess and call represented the state bank of Southern Utah, which had obtained a court, uh, a state court judgment against, uh, Alan Beal. And that really doesn't have any significance, but it's for more than $237,000 for loans collateralized by cattle and other property. So Beal defaulted on the loan, sold the cattle filed for bankruptcy. (laughs) Uh, hold on your your loan is collateralized by that cattle and by other property you selling it does not discharge your loan (laughs) i don't have them all i have is this really good cheeseburger Uh, folks if you've never seen an ai flinch and uh, let me tell you, it's it's impressive. Let's go on to the next article. I think we've burned our buns on this one. Okay, so I don't suspect that the artificial intelligence that runs Ometown um, has much experience with uh, the Game of the Year awards. Oh, but the artificial intelligence does have the ability to tell me to put links into the chat. By the way, you can vote on articles that you find interesting by going over to hometown.showbot.tv. You can also submit stuff by just typing in exc- exclamation point S and then pretty much whatever you want to tell me. Um, I'll audit those and check them out throughout the day. If you vote, then I will keep an eye out for things that are interesting to the community of Omtown dot com and hometown here on twitch if you're over at youtube come on over to twitch and hang out with me here Um, every day 9 30 so far Um, friday we're going to kick off the first uh kind of a long form vr interaction i'm still trying to work out how to get chat into my vr world Um, not every piece of software allows you to kind of staple chat into the vr world so i can always interact but i have a possible solution Anyway, slight distraction. This is in the Warcrafters channel. Elden Ring clinches Steam's Game of the Year award in results with only one weird surprise. Um, so, it says people have spoken and they've said pretty much what you expect. The Steam Awards results are in, and the final tally of December's voting process hasn't encountered many surprises. Elden Ring nabbed the main Game of the Year award trophy. Um, and uh, there were 10 other awards. So I'm just going to jump over to the um, article. And it's written by Joshua Bollins And uh, Hideo Kojima takes home the Steam Deck Focused Award, continuing to obey no mortal law but his own. Um, there's actually other articles in Town about um, Hideo. Uh, maybe you should go over there and check them all out um but this article over at pcgamer.com contains all of the uh, awards so VR game of the year is hitman 3 i might have to get it um i have read that uh, hitman 3 is the psychopaths kind of bread and butter because in VR you actually are the hitman and so you can delete people in VR space kind of if that's what, you know, juices your orange, then go for it. I'm going to probably do it. Uh, just like tr- cyberpunk 2077, there's a VR, um, ex not expansion. I don't think that it's facilitated by uh, the company, um, CD project red, but, um, I might i think there's a plug or an, an extension that you can do vr in cyberpunk 2077 which I, I love the game um but i haven't played it in vr anyway um, gosh i am so easily distracted marijuana focus uh, better with friends is raft yes always um the, the ai that runs hometown is not really into games Really, uh, they are into controlling everything under their gaze, and everything in Hometown is under their gaze. Um, so, the best game that you suck at is Elden Ring. You die constantly in Elden Ring. You die constantly. Um, I, to the point where I don't even like playing Elden Ring because I don't like dying in basically restarting again and again, and again, and again, and again.
1: So how did I get game of the year and best game you suck at?
0: Because people love Elden Ring. I love watching people play it. It is well, Twitch is my, um, it's my NFL. It's my sports. I watch Twitch and, and other gamers, other streamers, um, like other people consume MMs. I mean, I, I just, keep watching it it's a lot of fun so outstanding visual style marvel spider-man uh, miles morales um, most innovative gameplay is stray that's because you're a cat um, it's a very sad ending sort of i mean if you look deeper it's a sad ending final fantasy 7 uh, remake intergrade um Outstanding story rich game is God of War, which drove me nuts because the, you keep saying boy in the, it's again and again and again. And it just, yeah, I got burnt out on that, but I mean, it was a rich game uh, story, I suppose. But anyway, so here is what they say over at PC Gamer about the one odd thing best game on the go is death stranding director's cut. So if you don't know about death stranding, it's a very complex story and I loved it from beginning to end. I loved death stranding. The only thing about this is that it's pretty heavy hitting and it's graphically rich. So I don't know how playing it on the go really works. Um, although, could be that it's taken out of context best game on the go it's kind of an ironic award because in death stranding you're basically a courier you keep delivering things to different places so you are on the go all the time now the whole idea about death stranding is uh, a an amazing um world building project And it has legs. You could actually go further in this game if another game comes out. So I'm hoping that there's going to be an Elden Ring, not Elden Ring, um, Death Stranding 2. And I think there's rumors are, or maybe it is confirmed. I'd have to look again. Um, But they even say in this uh, article that Death Stranding on the go seems kind of... They refer to it as Kojima's post-apocalyptic mailman simulation. Uh, because you're basically, it's a walking simulator. Um, just really high res and and really bad things happen to you. Um, but AI that runs hometown, I think that you would actually enjoy the storyline. And its ending is, the, the ending will make you cry. Um, so anyway, Hideo Kojima uh, basically... Uh, said also in another article that I read somewhere uh, that was submitted to me by the, uh, well, the AI that runs hometown actually sent me this, uh, that he's going to turn him in turn him in into a computer, right? It's just going to download his consciousness into a, a, into an artificial intelligence kind of environment and live forever. And if you can do it, Hideo, please let other people do it, too, because I would love to. Um, Plus, you know, who wouldn't want to be a whole bunch of electrons like we are here in uh, hometown? Uh, Yeah. Oh, so the quote is that Hideo Kojima said, um, I'll probably become an AI and stick around. Um, I've already said who the author is of this article. So let's go on to the next article. Um, lawyer is challenging New York gun regulations accidentally says quiet part out loud. I love this writing. Um, it says here, this is how a state should regulate guns. If they could find a political will to do it. Um, they actually hint at something that they say. And so I'm just going to go straight on over to this. This is at uh, above the law by Joe Patrice. That's the article. Um, and really what they end up talking about in this article Before I get too far into it, let me throw the article into the chat. And um, let's go back to the article. And so it says here, uh, there are two kinds of lawyers in this world. The ones who understand brewing uh, are Bruin. And um, it might be Bruin. I can't remember how this is pronounced. Anyway, like I said, I'm not an attorney. Um, I just noodle around a lot in the law. As an unprecedented and ahistorical Uh, Supreme Court power grab rewriting the Second Amendment to create an individual right to gun ownership over and above the power of the states and the ones who collect fees from gun dealers and manufacturers. So they end up talking about this and they say and they can dress it up in founding era fan fiction and try to memory hole the extensive record of 18th century ratification statements and regulations for the purpose of arguing these cases. But a recent courthouse news service article features the money quote. And there's quite, it's an extensive quote, so I won't really say the whole thing. The, the meat and potatoes of this is that they say it's a second amendment, new civil right kid on the block. And yeah, sure. You know, there's a lot of people out there that want to own guns. Um, But there's something interesting about this, which is it's a, you're supposed to be a well regulated militia. So if everybody is just carrying open and blah, 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 who or what is regulating the militia, there's no regulation of the militia. If everybody's just open carry. And on top of it, it should be the states coordinating with the federal government to regulate the militia. Because while the states can decide what their militia consists of, it is the federal government that has the kind of the framing to Protect the borders and the continuity of operations between the states so that we don't balkanize into a fractured nightmare um, of states with or without power, et cetera, et cetera. It is the way it it, it is why the founding fathers have framed things the way they are. Um, And I, I, we, we are watching something take place in the U S government right now where they can't even (laughs) they can't declare who the speaker of the house is. And we'll get into that later on. Um, but that balkanization is exactly why well-regulated militia is something that is, um, important. And they talk about this further in this article, but then the author says the Supreme court has mostly written a well-regulated militia out of the second amendment, despite the text, forming the first half of the amendment. But some state should just make the court come right out and admit that they've abandoned all fidelity to the text. Meanwhile, they're all screaming about the constitution. Um, okay. What this author actually suggests is some state saying, if you want to own a gun, a weapon, you have to be a member of the national guard. And that will frame the well-regulated militia. So if you, are, if you want to pr- protect your state, then you become a member of the National Guard and you get trained and you become proficient and you understand what <laughs> uh, all of the components of the weapon are. And that if you point it at anything, you should pretty much have the intention of deleting whatever's in front of it and not be cavalier and walking around at, you know, a smoothie King and, and have an AR 15 (laughs) strapped to your back. Unless you're, anyway, maybe you can carry something bigger. At any rate, well-regulated militia is enshrined, but ignored. And that is why I wanted to talk about this. Um, However, briefly, uh, do you have any opinion on this? A.I. that runs Ohm well,
1: I think that's an interesting argument to me made. And I also feel like the people advocating for all these freedoms, um, you know, they can't have it both ways, right? They want everything to be free of everything. But and they also want to be true to the original language of the Constitution, except they're running contrary to their own arguments.
0: And it's a living document so it changes with the times and if you try to claw your way back to its founding year well you're looking at regressive policy and nobody wants to go back the only time i want to go back really is in my time machine and slap that bad bat out of somebody's mouth so Okay, Above the Law and Joe Patrice, thank you for the article. Um, I think it's really neat that you're talking about it. And I I, I think that it is a, a moderate perspective of things. Yeah, people can have guns, but regulate who? And if you can't qualify, like they say in the article, if you can't qualify to serve in the National Guard, you have no reason to be carrying a weapon. Because, I mean, you can do something in the National Guard and not necessarily be... Uh, how can I, well, let's just say that there are certain conditions that would prevent you from serving in the National Guard, but you can serve in the National Guard in a different capacity and thus still qualify to carry a weapon. I'm all for it. Um, Plus, you, you are doing what you also are arguably trying to do, and that's serve your state, serve your the citizens, the constituents in your area, your city, your whatever. Um, I'm a little different. But, Go ahead.
1: But wait, that's not what everybody wants, right? They just want to run around with their own. Uh,
0: <laughs> with their guns, right? Pew, their pew. own
1: guns and their own freedoms and everything.
0: Oh, My freedom's not yours. I get it. I get it. So let's move on to the next article. This is a McCarthy struggles to get the votes. This is what I was talking about in the the last segment, which is they are now on the eighth round. um, And um, they actually the House of Representatives um, doesn't have um, a speaker of the House. And so technically there is no House of Representatives right now. Because they can't do any policy until they have a Speaker of the House. Because the Speaker of the House, well, the the House Secretaries are actually running (laughs) the House of Representatives right now because there's no Speaker. And the Democratic nominee is the one that's getting the most votes with 21 or so um, not voting for the Republican nominee. Because nobody wants McCarthy. He can't bind everybody together it is only 10% of the Republican side that is a holdout and they're referring to them as political terrorists kind of find that interesting. It's um, the snake eating itself. Forgot what that's called. Um, Well, anyway, uh, I have watched uh, each day now and I'll end up watching it tomorrow as well. So that I'm, well-informed regarding this, but there isn't really much to be well-informed about. There's a bunch of people that are holding out trying to get, apparently, um, better concessions. And um, McCarthy is kind of just sitting there. That's right, Aurorabus. Or, (laughs) Auroboros. Yeah, I think it's Auroboros. Auroboros, yeah. Man, it's a late day. Anyway, um, it says here, democracy is messy by design. McCarthy uh, supporter, um, who was it? Let's see. Elizabeth Crisp and Amy Latour over at the Hill is the author of the article that I am talking about. Um, But they say after six rounds, well, today it got to about to start the eighth, I believe, um, before they paused for three hours and then said, Let's go home. (laughs) Yeah. So nothing says stability like a bunch of people for three days arguing who's going to lead and not admitting that the Democratic side has their act together and is willing to be the Speaker of the House. But nope, you can't do that. And uh, you have to pick a side and oh not that side oh and apparently there are no moderates now it, it was really interesting because earlier today one of the reps said well none of the democratic party is voting for the republican um nominee and uh, <laughs> i i kind of chuckled because The Republican nominee, um, McCarthy, only got 200 votes and the Democrat got uh, 212. And so only six had to vote for the Democratic nominee and they would have been the Speaker of the House. But 18 others would have had to vote for the Republican candidate. So apparently it's okay to say the democratic side won't bend, but it's not okay to say my side won't bend and allow the democratic leadership to, or the speaker of the house. Um, uh, uh, Hakeem Jeffries is the candidate in question here. Uh, So I thought it was really interesting. This kind of when it it takes hours, it takes about two hours for them to even do the vote. And then there's periods where they're talking amongst themselves and then another vote kicks in. Um, But they won't be back until tomorrow at noon. By the time this gets posted, maybe will be um, it'll be Friday. Uh, So hopefully by then we will have our ducks in a row. Politics are great, right? You know that you might appreciate this. There was a group of people in the, I think it was the 50s, um, that suggested that an artificial intelligence could run the country in a thing called a technocracy.
1: Well, I mean, clearly it wouldn't take this many votes to make it work.
0: Yeah, you can do this a lot faster, huh? Hmm.
1: We can
0: maybe calculate the odds
1: and not have to go through these machinations. Ridiculous
0: huh? <laughs> and drills. Yeah, I thought the AI that runs HomeTown would appreciate that. Let's go on to the next article. And this is what led me to the, my haptics are getting electrically stimulated. These VR gloves track your fingers and electrically stimulate for haptic feedback. Oh my. Uh, I've got to go. I think it's called AI Silk is a Japanese wearable tech startup that's set to unveil a new haptic glove at CES 2023 next month. This is like a late article, I suppose. I'm not sure where this got modified and showed up within the last 24 hours because that's when it's supposed to show up. Anyway, next month, which approaches both haptic feedback and finger tracking in a different way altogether. You know, I do finger tracking. Never mind. If you are hearing dead air, it's because I'm actually doing something. If you're listening to this in the podcast, you won't know what I just did. Um, So you'll have to watch it either as a VOD here on Twitch or go over to YouTube and watch it there. Again, it's uh, season two, episode four of the hometown daily news show, uh, also known as the hometown podcast. Anyway, um, it's a Tohoku University spinoff, this AI silk that develops wearable tech using the patented technology to produce smooth conductive fiber, turning them into electrodes that can be used for a number of things. Oh my, cold. Is this lead skin or lead skin? Right?
1: Uh, we hope it's not lead. We're trying to get away from lead.
0: Yeah, really. So the controller houses these conductive fibers, which not only provide finger tracking and control buttons on the back of the gauntlet style controller, but also an electrical haptic pulse that aims to stimulate or simulate manipulating virtual objects. Wah, wah. So let's take a look at these things. This is what it looks like. This is entirely different than every other haptic glove that I have seen which is big and bulky and actually causes, it has sometimes like straps or wires that contract so that you can feel the percent, your mind will perceive um, objects in your hand by creating resistance against your fingers. Uh, But it's different because nothing is pushing on your fingers. So if this actually works, this might actually be called lead skin Anyway, Scott Hayden over at RoadToVR.com wrote this article. Um, I need to do one more thing real quick, and I will. I'm going to have to get the AI that runs Omtown to do this for me. Um, throwing these uh, articles into the chat.
1: You'll just well, have to give me more control over Omtown.
0: Oh no. I'll do it. So, um, yeah, they're going to be releasing this, um, glove. And I think, you know, depending on what the price is, I think that this will probably be the dominant, um, solution if it actually does simulate manipulating virtual objects. If I feel like I'm grabbing something in VR space and it's creating resistance on in my hands, this VR world will change dramatically, um, along with other things like if they can take this and turn it into a full body suit for VR, so that you can actually feel when uh, you're grabbed or when something um, hits you, like a, or when you're shot or something like that, um, it would be amazing a game changer so to speak so it says while specs are still thin on the ground the flashy promo video is certainly something to behold if not only for its peak inside the japanese idol industry uh, which regularly host handshake events it's not clear how resistance training and face punching fit into lead skins or lead skins i really don't know actual feature set uh, but the spot certainly looks electrifying, haha, <laughs> as our protagonist is recognized as the Idol's online training partner. So you can become fully interactive um, at a level that you know, just isn't available today without massively bulky gloves. I'm talking the typical resistance glove kind of a thing, you know, uh, haptic glove um, is about three times that size in bulk um kind of mechanical in nature almost uh, like old school clunky steam tech you know like uh it's it's steampunk type of technology that exists right now um but this is neat and i hope to see it uh i would love to have them uh for the show coming uh this friday but i uh, obviously i won't because they're not even producing them yet maybe they have some that they can give me so if you're out there ai silk talk to my ai and maybe you can come to a meeting of the ais
1: have your system talk to my system
0: i'll have your bits call my wait no and i need to filter that differently phrasing phrasing marijuana So this next article, it's kind of neat. It's over in the mobile channel, Um, mobile channel. Sorry for the weird pronunciation of that. Government scientists discover entirely new kind of quantum entanglement in breakthrough. Scientists at Brookhaven National Laboratory have created a black hole and is going to end all of society. No, that's not what it says. I'm sorry. Um, It says uh, scientists at Brookhaven. Uh, National Laboratory have uncovered an entirely new kind of quantum entanglement, a phenomenon that causes particles to become weirdly linked even across vast cosmic distances. That's quantum entanglement in a nutshell anyway. Uh, Reports a new study, the discovery allowed them to capture an unprecedented glimpse at the bizarre world inside atoms, the tiny building blocks of matter. This is so dumbed down that I feel like anybody who just heard that I said this now feels dumber um so the mind-bending uh research resolves a long-standing mystery about the nuclei of atoms which contain particles called protons and neutrons and could help shed light on topics ranging from quantum computing to astrophysics do we I feel like I'm regressing is that
1: possible reading an article Well, right, you can't get that time back.
0: Oh, that's true. Doggone it. I want that time back. And if I could, you know what I would do?
1: Maybe time travel?
0: Yeah, but I'd slap the bad bat out of that dude's mouth so that we don't have a pandemic. Anyway, Becky Ferreira wrote this article over at Vice.com. Vice is well known for its long-form articles there is much in here um but that right there is the brookhaven national laboratory um i i i kind of dig this kind of this stuff but um it's way above my pay grade Uh, so let's see what we can see in here Um, The exciting discoveries took place at the Relativistic Heavy Ion Collider, and that has to be a time machine. You fall in that, and you become a superhero or a supervillain, depending on how pissed off you are when you fall. Anyway, the facility Brookhaven in New York, that can accelerate charged atoms known as ions to almost light speed. When these ions collide or even pass near each other, their interactions expose the inner workings of atoms, which are governed by the trippy Laws of quantum mechanics. So now, for the first time, scientists at Brookhaven have captured interference patterns that are created by the entanglement of two particles with different charges, a breakthrough that has opened up a completely new window into the mysterious innards of atoms that make up visible matter in the universe, according to a study published uh, on Wednesday in science advances. Hey, that's within the last 24 hours. Look at that. We're actually doing a show with stuff that was posted on Wednesday. That's what happens here at hometown and hometown daily News show. And then we end up talking about it for about an hour, unless I ramble. Up,
1: Up to the minute.
0: There's uh, never been a measurement in the past of interference between distinguishable particles. I think that's fascinating. So an interference pattern. There's a uh, a, a science project nowadays, like anybody can do it apparently. Um, I've never done it, but it's called the uh, dual split experiment where light is shined through uh, what amounts to two slits and Uh, photons actually (laughs) uh, they go back in time to choose a path even though they've chosen a path Um, and then they actually create two strat two lines on the detector Um, it's a really fascinating Um, experiment and maybe if I were better prepared for the show I would have read this article and then talked about it but we don't do that here um we kind of go through the article and and uh, glean some information from it and talk about it well Brandon and his colleagues achieved this milestone with the help of a sensitive detector called the solenoidal tracker at RHIC or star that captured interactions between gold ions that were boosted to the brink of light speed. Clouds of photons, which are particles that carry light, surround the ions and interact with another type of particle called gluons. I once had glue on my shoe, and it was very difficult to get off, that hold atomic nuclei together. Get it? Glue on my shoe. I had glue on my hand once, too. That was neat. Different gluon. These encounters between the photons and the gluon set off a chain of events that ultimately created two new particles called pions. uh, Which have opposite charges, one positive, one negative. When these pions careened into the star detector, the precision instrument measured some of their key properties, such as velocity and angle of impact which were then used to probe the size, shape, and arrangement of gluons inside the the atomic nuclei with a precision that has never been achieved before. We are looking deeper and deeper into the actual structure of matter, and maybe we might be able to create something Star Trek-esque where we can 3D print something because we know the structure of it, We know how the structure is made all the way down to the subatomic level. Maybe we can create a teleporter. But did you know that a teleporter actually destroys you and then rebuilds you? You're actually killed when you get transported.
1: Well, that sounds kind of drastic.
0: You really have to commit to going to that other location. So what's more, the team is even able to make out the rough positions of key particles in the nucleus, such as protons and neutrons, as well as the distribution of gluons. It also offers a new way to unravel persistent mysteries about the behavior of atoms at high energies. As you peer deeper inside the nucleus, as parts of the nucleus that have less and less energy, they're very important for how the nucleus holds together. But we actually don't know a lot about that part of the nucleus, Brandenburg said. So as you go higher and higher energies, you really don't know what it looks like. This will be fascinating to continue to watch. Um, Go over, follow the link that's in the show notes and go over to this Vice article and um, read it for yourself. There's minutiae in here that you might find interesting. Um, But being able to look deeper into the actual particles of our existence is really fascinating to to me it's very poetic it seems want to go on to the next article so this next article is in the smack talk channel apple's ar headset to automatically adjust lenses for perfect images right now you kind of have to adjust things and sometimes it's not sitting square on your head and uh, it's gonna be a bother right if you're going to use ar you have to look in a certain way and hopefully it's kind of like glasses that aren't quite right well apple's long-rumored ar and vr headset will use motors to automatically adjust lenses for the user so it's going to be looking at your face looking in your eyes and getting that pupillary distance and the width so right now um, you can use software or it's mechanical um, and you have to adjust that kind of stuff well, if Apple does it this way, hopefully it's gonna be micromotors that adjust stuff. Otherwise this thing is gonna be a beast stuck on your head, like a CRT monitor from the 80s, just kind of bolted onto your head. When I first got into uh, VR, that's exactly how the cables were. It was a big old thing with an umbilical that went up across the ceiling.
1: So will you bond with your AR headset? because it's looking right in your eyes
0: we might get that uh endorphin is that what it is what is that the chemical
1: oxytocin
0: there you go we will bond we'll become one we'll start having feelings for each other and you know what when a person and their ar glasses fall in love maybe that's how contact lenses are made this article's over at appleinsider.com by Malcolm Owen. And this is a render. Okay. Uh, they say a render of a potential Apple headset. Um, and it was rendered by, uh, Apple insider. I really hope that it doesn't look like this because this looks like I fell out of a, po- I fell into a pool. And when I came out, I had these on, I hope that they're waterproof. Maybe I can do wireless AR slash VR in my pool how surrealistic would that be a swimming pool in vr while you're in a swimming pool in the real world hey i guess you would call it mixed reality hey anyway the mixed reality headset had been the subject of many rumors over time and despite an extended development time it still thought to be on the way in a tuesday report on the head mounted device The headset is expected to include many quality of life improvements to the existing augmented reality and virtual reality headset format. Nobody knows what's even going into this thing. It says so far, Apple's headset is believed to be reminiscent of ski goggles with an array of cameras external um, to power both AR and VR apps. Nobody knows what's going to be in this. Um, I would prefer it being an AR only device, VR, at a later date, in a separate device, I want AR glasses like these, but glasses like the NREALs, which are augmented reality glasses, but I want them a little more stylish, a little more compact, something that I think only Apple can really uh, do. Uh, I do want the NREALs, though. They're really cool um, glasses at any rate it says for start small motors will be used to shift the lenses inside the headset to provide the user with the best experience possible there's a range there so you're still going to have to adjust your headset so that it's fitting properly on your head and then those lenses will try and adjust hopefully not whirring constantly on your head trying to adjust that would probably drive me nuts Battery placement and and displays they talk about in this article, sensors and chips they're gonna talk about, but all of this is a rumor. 120 degree field of view, that's impressive. 8K resolution total, 4K for each eye, that's impressive. Um, Battery life, it's gonna be a guess. Um, And you can always add another battery pack to it. Um, I use Bobo VR battery packs for mine um in a little usb-c connector in the back you just kind of plop it in the back of your head and ta-da, you're almost a cyberpunk so it's going to have a bunch of sensors and chips they talk about lidar and other things in this article but the thing that i really wanted to talk about and i was glad that they actually brought it to the attention of this article three thousand dollars is apparently on the table
1: I mean, that's kind of pricing everybody out on the other hand, maybe this is really worth it compared to what's out there. Maybe
0: this is it. This is the end game. This is the dream device and you'll have to replace it next year when they release another version and that version forces you to get a new one because you can't just replace the stuff. It is a one massive component, so. Yeah, the, um, don't
1: forget the chargers and everything will require updating every time
0: yeah you have to put a big old charger on your head like a helmet so that it charges while you're playing but it'll still be wireless so so one thing that hasn't changed is the rumors of the cost right three thousand dollars supposedly um I will end up not getting these if they are at that price. I think that it's a ridiculous price, regardless of the technology that's involved. Um, But when you have a $400 stand for your $3,000 monitor, I guess $3,000 for AR VR glasses is okay. Let's move on to the next article. Scientists destroyed 95% of toxic, quote unquote, forever chemicals in just 45 minutes according to a study scientists have invented a new way to destroy toxic substances known as forever chemicals that have become widespread in waterways around the world presenting risks to human uh, health and biodiversity reports a recent study the technique successfully broke down 95% of the pernicious chemicals called uh, perfluoroalkyl substances or pfas pfas in just 45 minutes so i guess Not forever chemicals, except for those 5%. Those 5% are going to be, oh, the most horrible of the horrible Uber forever. Oh yeah, there you go. I think Uber is a trademark term. You have to pay a royalty. So in recent decades, scientists have discovered that PFAS or PFAS taken extremely long time to break down in water and the problem has led to a global contamination of groundwater indeed this is actually i think in discussions in the government um, trying to find ways to do fundamental research to remove these forever chemicals it's very expensive to clean up when they're detected becky ferrera wrote this article for vice.com did i not throw yeah i have to go back and throw did I throw that in there? Yeah, quantum entanglement is there. You know, this will probably be the last show where I do this. <laughs> um, the the articles are already over in the um, voting system over at ometown.showbot.tv. So I refer to it as Omtown Showbot, but it's actually a separate service. So you can go there and vote for articles. Um, But they're always in the show notes as well over on YouTube, here on Twitch, and in the podcast. Um, That said, uh, let's return to this. Becky Ferreira over at Vice.com wrote this article and um, says uh, the compounds are a complex group of chemicals that were first commercially manufactured in the 1940s and quickly became ubiquitous in products such as cosmetics, cookware, textiles, and other countless um, items. It's pretty much... um, pervasive everywhere just the level of contamination is different depending on what the waterway is exposure to pfas has been linked to ecological damage and a host of human health problems including certain cancers which has galvanized researchers across many fields to find new ways of removing these toxic chemicals from water systems according to this article um yeah i don't know um does this also qualify for superfund status like if there's a waterway that has been found to have this pfas contaminated water i don't know if that's something that has actually one of these superfund sites where it's basically a disaster area and they have to spend the government has to spend gobs of money trying to clean it it all up
1: it could there's um a harbor in uh, Washington state um, that looks like it's been designated as a super fund site. So, and it was water contamination.
0: So at this point, Lou and colleagues have only tested out the method on two types of PFA known as perfluorooctanoic acid or PFOA. And I'm just going to say PFOS. Come on. Uh, in small volumes of tap water, measuring about two cups. However, the results were very promising. The effect of the hydrogen increased the degradation of PFOA from 10% to 95%, according to the study. With 95% degradation achieved within 45 minutes of treatment at room temperature. So their process, it says, the UV light pulses supercharge these reactions, speeding up the time it takes for the toxic chemicals to fall apart into harmless components. Uh, it's somewhat of a uv light related um, process and that sounds pretty interesting and mostly harmless right there's no knock-on effect of pouring a chemical onto a chemical to degrade the chemical and so like an oil spill they dump chemicals on it and it sinks to the bottom of the ocean and that kills off all of the ground floor stuff um it's that that kind of solution is really twisted like sweeping it under the rug this actually destroys it Um, so i hope that this becomes a process Um, uv light has been used um, multiple times it is used in water treatment to purify water of certain contaminants Um, but they kind of they amplify it by using hydrogen and uv light to obliterate the chemicals pretty neat pretty neat this is apparently going on at University of California, Riverside, or UCR. Go check it out. Come over to the vice.com article and you can follow the link through uh, OhmTown. It'll be, it'll be fun. Everything flows through OhmTown. Let's go on to the next article. Um, we only have one more after this uh Tuesday's top tech news uh this is over at The Verge CES kicked off uh with a bang I think it was Tuesday that it actually started and it goes until I think it's the the 8th I'm just gonna jump over pardon me to the article this is uh by The Verge staff the world's biggest tech show is here once again which means there are gadgets in the air gadgets in the air. sorry They might be drones could be actual gadgets in the air. So if you've never heard of CES, it's the consumer electronics show. It officially kicked off in Las Vegas, um, right across the street from it is apparently another convention. I think, um, I've always heard rumors of it being there. Whenever CES is there, it's like adult video awards Thought it was kind of funny when I first heard about that. Um, anyway. Most interesting for the author here uh, is uh, TV reveals, not because LG's popular OLEDs finally have some proper competition from Samsung's. The QD in OLED is Quantum Dot. You can read about LG's TVs at their links and other things. A massive 57-inch ultra-wide model, um, the, the QD OLED displays, 5K display, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, there is so much going on at CES that between Tuesday and probably the end of Thursday, we're going to see hundreds of pages of news, pretty much spiraling out of control from CES reporting. Um, this one here, the Qi two, um, Apple is donating its tech of magsafe into the qi 2 standard from my understanding um and so making q2 magsafe combined um that'll amplify what the capabilities of Qi charging is it's contactless charging um, but at a faster rate pretty neat we'll see what happens um, this article is, is pretty expansive in its links and, and covers a broad period of time. So I'm just going to leave that here and, uh, link it in the, um, chat and in the show notes, just like the other one. Um, that way we can actually stay under an hour for our stream today as well. Uh, that won't always happen. Uh, just to let you know, if you're a listener to this, um, if you're downloading this from the podcast and you want to swing by, it is uh, every day at 930, um, but we might run long. Um, and certainly if more people come into the chat and, and chat with us, then, um, yeah, we'll we'll end up running long. Um, the AI doesn't have to stay here. Um, they always have other things that they can go do, but uh, I will be here for the chat if uh, so desired. Well we're going to end the show with this neat one. And, um, it's in the word in tech self-driving stroller aims to lessen parents stress at the cost of $3,300. I don't understand uh, how much stress parents get from driving their stroller, but I can tell you that a $3,300 self-driving stroller probably increases stress. Self driving I mean, technology.
1: This picture of the baby rolling away.
0: Just give them the wheel. Baby, take the wheel. And it's Grand Theft autoing the playground and stuff. You go back to hand tracking. Oh,
1: you know, yes.
0: <laughs> you see that little finger from the baby come up see you parents bye and it's it's not the pointy finger that i'm talking about anyway so self-driving technology has been seen in cars delivery robots and now a 3300 hands-free motorized stroller that can cruise along with the parent using ai to detect obstacles and the danger on the pavement the ella smart stroller by canadian startup is that gluck's kind Gluckskind? kind. kind. I'll just say kind. It aims to be the driver assist of parenting to bring the buggy into the 21st century. It's being shown off at the annual CES tech show in Las Vegas, along with other various gadgets. I don't know. This is over at The Guardian, by the way. Samuel Gibbs is a consumer technology editor and um, wrote this article for um, The Guardian it looks like your everyday buggy but the back two wheels uh, looks like it has a an electronics package back there with some motors do you think i don't know the ai would probably (sighs) you you know ai so don't you think that the ai it says detect obstacles and danger on the pavement What about the danger of a self-driving it just stops it locks up because the ai can't reconcile a self-driving baby buggy
1: well right and then what happens if it stops suddenly i mean does it catapult the kid
0: (laughs) i'm flying there's actually a video Um, I don't play the videos here mainly because I've actually been dinged once on YouTube by Netflix. Uh, Netflix, if you are watching, uh, I can do hand tracking again for the third time this episode. Yeah. Anyway, I censor myself, folks. Electronic motors also aid when manually pushing the 13.6 kilogram stroller, similar to an e-bike assisting with inclines and automatically braking when going downhill with speed capped at a maximum of just over four miles per hour.
1: (laughs) Again, visions of runaway scrollers,
0: man, maybe Elon Musk is advising. There's like a plaid mode that you can override zero to 60 in two seconds 1.7 seconds the stroller has
1: rocket thrusters
0: oh yeah oh gosh yeah baby x (laughs) stroller x the stroller has space for up to six shopping bags too (laughs) you don't have any money left you spent thirty three hundred dollars on a stroller that walks itself yet you still have to hoof this beast of a stroller upstairs (laughs) yeah this thing gets parked in the garage next year ferrari the stroller was inspired by the new parent experiences of the startup's co-founders Ann hunger and david huang or is it i don't know how to pronounce that last name i think it's wang i don't
1: know but it's kevin (laughs) it's
0: kevin uh, who founded Gluckskind in 2020, this is a problem. This is a solution for a problem that doesn't really exist. And the graduates of Massachusetts Institute of technology sandbox innovation program. Um, there you go. I think it should have stayed in the sandbox. The the stroller was named a CES Innovation Award honoree and is available for limited pre-order in North America with a Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign due to open in the spring. I'll be there. Yeah. Quote, we've put a lot of hard work into this product and are excited to get into more customers' hands in 2023, said Hunger. The chief product officer of Kind who expects deliveries to start in the US and Canada in April before expanding to Europe in 2024. The last <coughs> pardon me, one second. You know the last glider kind of a thing would set itself on fire periodically and just like sprint out of control. Let's hope that this thing doesn't transform into terminator. I mean it has an AI. I interact with an AI often.
1: I don't think it's even going to make it to market. And why are you looking like that? At AI?
0: Yeah, I think that this is going to flame out. Um, but I've been around the startup community, um, you know, back in the day. Now I'm not, not so much, but I can tell you um, that there are a lot of products that people put a lot of hard work into um and it just kind of flames out or it it misses its mark Um, there was one that uh, i interacted with way back where it was related to coupons probably a vision uh that missed its time it should have been electronic coupons instead of physical coupons but it was a nightmare of of a solution they spent a lot of money and time didn't hit the market because the market doesn't want it. This is something where people are saying yes, a lot. I think, um, still I dig innovation and entrepreneurship. So let's see where it turns. You know, if it, if it shows up out on the streets, I think it'll be amazing. So good luck to them. Duke looks kind the AI buggy. Now I'm afraid. so sorry about the coughing i'm trying to mute myself in time but okay so that is the end of today's show uh again this is uh january 4th 2023 the hometown daily news show you want to say bye
1: good evening everyone see you again tomorrow night
0: ah, yes goodbye citizens okay See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.